Father, you're here with us, Jesus. Thank you, God, that you sent your Holy Spirit. Lord, I thank you for the, the fact that, that our sin was great, but Jesus' love for us was greater. Lord, I thank you that Jesus came to, to reconnect us with you. Lord, I thank you that you, you live inside us, you encourage us, you stir us on, you, you, you push us on, Lord, to, to bigger and, and greater things. Lord. We thank you for your encouragement. And Lord, today, as, as your words are spoken, Lord, I pray that they are an encouragement and that, that your words stick and, and, and not mine, Lord. I pray that your words go through. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You can take a seat. Thank you. Two Corinthians, one chapter three, says, "All praise to God, the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father, and the source of all our comfort, our encouragement. How cool is that?" I'm speaking today around encouragement. So prepare to be encouraged. <laughs> Thanks for your encouragement. <laughs> I've, um, I was speaking to someone recently and, and they work in retail. And uh, yeah, you like that, right? It's, it's an encouraging word for you. And, and I said to them, far out, that must be hard. Because... Retail, you, you got to deal with customers all day, and and um, and I've had quite a few phone calls to to Telstra and stuff, and and they can get a bit heated sometimes, and you think this this poor person on the other end of the line's just doing their job, but uh, and and that's retail for you. Sometimes you get uh, cranky customers. Not that I'm ever cranky to to people, but um, yeah, you you have to deal with all sorts of people, all sorts of personalities. And I said this that must be hard. And, and they said, no, I love it. I, I love just uh, meeting people, meeting new people. And, um, and I, I was taught when I first started uh, retail uh, how to treat people. And you treat them as though they're your employer or your future employer. And, um, and I said, oh, yeah, that's a different way of thinking about it. And so every time someone comes in, you, you, you've got respect for them. Um, no matter how they're feeling or no matter how you're feeling, uh, you've got to respect for them and, you, and you're keen to, to want to help and want to be there. And, uh, and, and they said, it's great, I just I, I love doing it. It's, uh, it's part of their personality. And, uh, and they said, and, and the, just seeing how people can change just by coming in contact, just a smile, just something like that, uh, that that just does it for that's that's the reason they do what they do, and uh, they said that they often get feedback from the customers, uh, either email or they come back and and say something or they fill out a survey um, that the business has sent out, uh, and and it's really good feedback. And I said that must be great. Your, your boss must be stoked with that. And uh, they said, oh well, no, my, my boss isn't isn't very good at encouraging. There um, and and it's it's kind of it might be a pride thing. Maybe they don't want uh, this person to succeed or this person get a promotion or a, a raise or anything. So they keep this um, 
this encouragement to themselves, and uh, and that's that's hard. But but they still do do what they do because they love people. They love that contact with people. Um, and I was, it, uh, Pastor Karen said this last week uh, last weekend at church that um, God's commandment: love others as you love yourself. Jesus Jesus took it one step further than treat them like your employee. He said, love them like you love yourself. Love God and love others. That's good, wasn't it? Uh, I thought of Job, because Job went through um, some tough times and he had people around him. Uh, Actually, Job lost lost his health, he lost his family, he lost his wealth, he, he lost just about everything. And, uh, and he had people around him that were, that were called comforters. They were there to comfort him. Uh, but they, they would just remind him of all the stuff that was happening to Job and, and say things to him like, surely there's a reason why this is happening. You must have done something to upset God. Otherwise, this stuff wouldn't happen. So they weren't very good at encouragement. And uh, Job 16... Uh, two, we read um, Job saying to these comforters, his response to them was, I've heard this all before, what miserable comforters you are. Won't you, won't you ever stop blowing hot air? What makes you keep on talking? I could say the same things if, if you were in my place. I could say the same things to you if you were in my place. I could spout off criticism and shake my head at you. But if, but if it were me, I would encourage you. I would try to take away your grief. He, even though the stuff that he was going through was, was heavy, it was big, it was massive, life-changing stuff, he... he, he he was saying, why, why are you doing this to me? Just stop talking. Stop trying to encourage me because you're not. If I was in your place, I would be so encouraging. I would try and take away the grief that I'm feeling. Uh, he, he says things like, um, why, why do you heap up words against me? Why do you shake your head at me? See, God's, God's an encourager. And the devil's not. He's a discourager. God appoints us. The devil tries to disappoint us. God qualifies us. The devil tries to disqualify us. God gives you the advantage and the devil tries to bring the disadvantage. God enables you and the devil tries to disable you. We should call the devil the the disser because he just tries to discourage us and disappoint us and disable us. You can, you can see the difference there. The, the, um, the heart of the people that are around Job was, it, it, it wasn't a very soft heart. It wasn't, it wasn't a godly heart, because they were just, they weren't helping with their encouragement. Proverbs 16, 4, uh, 24 says, Kind words are like honey, sweet to the soul and healthy for the body. Verse 27 says, Scoundrels create trouble. Their words are a destructive blaze. A troublemaker plants seeds of strife. Gossip separates the best of friends. 
you can see how important words are, can't you? Proverbs 10.21 says, The words of the godly encourage many. New King James Version says, The lips of the righteous feed many. I want my words to feed many. I want, I want it to grow many. I want people to be able to grow off the words that I throw out there or that I sow out there. Encourage means to hearten or to inspire to hope, to build up. Who are you inspiring? Who are you in encouraging or inspiring to hope? And who's encouraging you? Job didn't have many people around him encouraging him, but he still sought to encourage others. You know, the, the people around you can be really encouraging for you, like your friends or your family, um, or they, they could be discouraging as well. You've, you've, got to, you've got to take the encouragement on, and you've got to sow encouragement out as well, because as you sow, that will attract encouragement as well, to you. You know, you as a spouse or your spouse can be such an encouragement for you. And I know that my spouse is such an encouragement for me. Um, you don't, don't underestimate your, um, what your words can do to others. Proverbs 3.27 says, Do not withhold good from those who deserve it when it is in your, in your power to help them. This person I was talking to you about and their boss wasn't very uh, encouraging or didn't like to pass on the encouragement. That's what that verse is talking about. It was in their, in their power to encourage. And they withheld it. But Proverbs says don't withhold it. If, you, if someone deserves it, if someone has the right to be encouraged and you can be the encourager, then do it. God's saying don't withhold it. Encouragement is an investment into the future. I can talk about spouse again. My encouragement can be an investment into the future. I know it will be as well. I know it is. I've got three little quotes here. You can write them down if you'd like to, and you can use them. I'll let you. Encouragement breaks the binds of reality and loosens the hold of possibility. Sometimes we just look at the facts around us, but encouragement can break those facts and break the mindset of those facts and loosen the hold of possibility in the future. Encouragement is a language neg negativity doesn't speak and can't understand. Encouragement is a language negativity doesn't speak and can't understand. Encouragement and negativity don't get along. So be in intentional with the words you speak out. Be intentional with the, the words you speak over people and into people. Go out of your way to encourage with your words with your speaking. When I was thinking about speaking out over people, I, the classic uh, 
passage of Ezekiel 37 came to mind, where Ezekiel was taken to the valley of the dry, of the dry bones. And, uh, and I'll, I'll read it. Um, verse 37, Ezekiel 37, uh, one, verse 1, sorry. Um, the, the Lord took hold of me, and I was carried away by the Spirit of the Lord to a valley filled with, dry bone, with, with bones. He led me all around among the bones that covered the valley floor. They were scattered everywhere across the ground and were completely dried out. Then he asked me, Son of man, can these bones become living people again? O sovereign Lord, I replied, only you alone know the answer to that. So the question was, can these bones live again? God wasn't saying, can dry bones live again? Can dry bones become living people again? He was saying, can these bones that are in front of you live again? These, this opportunity that I've brought you to, can it live again? And his, his answer was, I think it was pretty amazing because he said, he said, you alone know the answer to that. In other words, he was saying, I doubt it. <laughs> I don't see life in them. I see that they're dry, they're dead, and they're laying there. They've been dead for some time. They're, they're rotting. They're, he said, but, but you've brought me to this. This is an opportunity you've brought me to. And you've asked me a question as well. Can they live again? There's, there's got to be some reason why I'm here and why you've asked me that question. So only you know the answer to that. So he was faced with facts. But he said the facts are probably wrong because you've brought me to this opportunity. God didn't want him to describe the facts. God didn't want him to talk about how dead they were or how dry they were. Verse 4, he said, Then he said to me, Speak a prophetic message to these bones and say, Dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, I am going to put breath into you and make you live again. Prophesy to these bones. Prophesy. He said, prophesy to these bones. Speak over these bones. The prophecy means to to speak, to encourage, to uplift, to edify, to take what what God's saying and speak over. In one Corinthians fourteen three says, one who prophesies strengthens others, encourages them, and comforts them. Speaks over, encourages, strengthens. Uh, verse 6, I'll put, I'll put flesh and muscles on you and cover you with skin. I will put breath into you and you will, become, you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. He was, he was very specific in this. He was talking about muscles. He was talking about flesh. He was saying that the skin will cover you. Uh, breath will be put into you. He was specific in what he was speaking over this situation that was in front of you. He, he, wasn't, very, he wasn't general about it. He, wasn't, he didn't say just come to life because God said so. He was specifically targeting certain things in this situation in front of him. 
Verse 7, so I spoke this message just as he told me. Suddenly, as I spoke, there was a rattling noise all across the valley. The bones of each body came together and attached themselves as complete skeletons. Then as I watched, muscles and flesh formed over the bones. Then skin formed to cover their bodies. But they still had no breath in them. They had the stuff around them. They, they had the appearance of being fully formed. They looked like people again, but they had no breath. God was saying there's a problem. That people are there, but they're out of breath. There's, the people are there, but they have no life. They've got no breath in them. The, the Hebrew word for breath is ruah. And, and it's in it, translated into our English language. It's, it's exactly interchangeable. Breath and spirit means the same. Then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to the wind, to the wind, son of man. Speak a prophetic message and say, this is what sovereign Lord says. Come, O breath, from the four winds. Breathe into these dead bodies so that they may live again. So I spoke the message as he commanded me. And breath came into their bodies. And they all came to life and stood to their feet, a great army. Breath came into their bodies. Or the interchangeable word, spirit, came into their bodies. And they stood to their feet, a great army. To prophesy is to... Like I said, to speak encouragement, speak what God is saying into someone. But it's speaking the breath of God, it's speaking the spirit of God. Yeah, I know this, this guy, I was recently talking to a guy and, and he grew up in a um, very dysfunctional home. And uh, he, when he was quite young, he, his younger brother uh, died. In, in the hospital, he was quite young as well, and uh, that devastated the family. It devastated him. His his parents split up. It was he was in quite a bit of a, a, a drug family as well. It was like I said, very very dysfunctional, and and he became a very hard sort of person. And uh, and anyway, fast forward many years, he's now got a family of his own, and he's. He's, uh, he's married and he's got a, a children as well. Uh, but one of his, his children is going through quite a lot, in and out of hospital, and uh, they're, they're going through heaps. He's, he was talking to me, saying, uh, we, you know, we're just not sleeping. No one in the house is sleeping. Uh, me and my wife just won't stop fighting. And, and she's, she's from a family where nothing has ever gone wrong. And <laughs> so... She doesn't understand hard times, and so she just freaks out when, when the smallest thing goes wrong. And, um, and he, he said, you know, I just, uh, basically, I don't know what, what to do. You know, I'm just exhausted from all of this stuff. And, um, and in my, my head, well, not even in my head, I, I, I just started speaking to him without thinking and knowing that it was the Word of God for this guy. And he's not a Christian, but I spoke to him and I, and I said, you, you recognise where you came from and all the stuff that you've been through. All this stuff is 
has shaped you into a certain way. And, and even your wife, not going through much, it's shaped her as well. And so these hard times that you're going through, in and out of hospital, no sleep, all this, all this rubbish that's surrounding you, you, you've been shaped all your life to, to deal with this. So you were created for this time. You were created for such a time as this. That's, that's a Christian word, isn't it? You, you can, you, you, your head goes there, doesn't it? You were created for such a time as this, but it was true. This guy has gone through this stuff and it's prepared him for this very moment. And same with his wife. She's, she's the nurturer of the family and, and they balance each other out. And so they're, they're perfect for each other and they're perfect for each other in this moment. And, and I, was just, I was just talking to him about this stuff and, and you could see, you could see like, like what I just described with, with Ezekiel, these, the, the muscles started to form and the, the skin started to come on the body and the, and the body rose up and then the, the Spirit of God was, spoke into this, this guy and, and he came to life and a, a mighty army rose up and stood to their feet. He, I, I could see all of this working, like, just play out in front of me. And it wasn't something that I thought. It was, it was just in the moment that I believe that God was speaking to me, say, prophesy into this guy that this is what he was created for. And that comes from uh, Esther. With, uh, she was queen, she just anointed queen, she'd gone through all this beauty treatment, she was a, a beautiful lady and she was in, she was in, the, um, the, in the kingdom and God's people were, were under attack, they were about to be wiped out and uh, Mordecai said, said to him, you need to go to the king and you need to ask him to stop it and, and she said, oh, I don't know if I can, if you go into the king's presence without being invited there, then he will just slaughter you, even if you are the queen. And, um, and, he, and Mordecai encouraged her. And he's, he said, look, Esther, you're, you're a beautiful girl. You've, you're, you're bold. You've got courage. You've got faith. You were created for such a time as this. He was saying no one else in this place could do the job that you're doing or could do the job that you're about to do. God created you for such a time as this. Only you could do it. And, uh, and that was Mordecai's encouragement. And, um, and it was very similar to, to my encouragement to this guy. But it wasn't my encouragement, it was God's encouragement. So I, verse 10 again, so I spoke the message as he commanded me. And breath came into their bodies. They all came to life and stood up on their feet great army breath and spirit mark 15:37 this is when jesus was on the cross and he was he was laying there he was he was nailed to the cross verse 37 says jesus uttered another loud cry and breathed his last he breathed out his last breath and and he gave up his spirit. But then three days later, he rose again, and he was with the disciples, and, uh, and he, would, he would walk with the disciples for another 40 days. And then he rose, rose again to, to heaven. And the disciples were saying, well, when are you going to come back? When are you going to come back to, to claim your, your throne, your rightful 
um, place of the throne on this earth and can conquer the, the darkness. And Jesus said, well, you don't need to know that, but while I'm gone, I'm going to send another. I'm going to send my spirit, the Holy Spirit. Acts 1.8 says, you'll receive power from the Holy Spirit when, when the Holy Spirit came, comes upon you. Jesus said, I've breathed out my last breath. I've breathed out my spirit. and Now, now I'm going, but I'm going to send my breath and my spirit to you. In Ezekiel 37, the winds came from all four directions of the, of the earth. And that was, that was the breath of the spirit that came into these, this army. And it rose as a great army. That was the life that came. The same breath that Jesus breathed out his Holy Spirit onto the, those that were there in Pentecost. The same breath, the same life. See, in, in, in Acts 1 verse 8, says but you will receive power when the holy spirit comes upon you and then it says and you will be my witness my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in jerusalem throughout judea in samaria and to the ends of the earth so the breath came into the army from all ends of the earth now jesus is saying here here's my spirit it's in you breathe it out prophesy breath, prophesy life, prophesy encouragement, prophesy comfort, prophesy everything that I am into those around you in in Jerusalem, Judea and to the ends of the earth. Take what I have, it's inside you. It's the spirit of encouragement. It's it's the spirit of life and breathe it out over over everyone, everywhere to the ends of the earth. So I, I, I want to encourage you guys that that's, it's in you. The, the spirit that raised this great army to life from dead, dry, decaying bones is in you. And you can raise other people to life that are dead, dying and decaying around you just from the words that you speak out over them or speak out into them. How cool is that? So Pastor Garen gave you a challenge last week to... to uh, for an act, act of kindness to others. Well, here's another ca- challenge. It's, it's the same. It's an act of kindness to others, but with your, your words, your encouragement, with your, your speaking, with your vocally. So speaking, it's, it's not thinking. It's, it's vocal. It's, a, it's an act. Yeah. The Holy Spirit, it's, he's, he's inside us. So that's, that's why Jesus came. To, to, to save us from our sins, impart us with the Holy Spirit so that we can encourage others. How cool is that? If, um, if you don't have... If, if you have um, this... If you can relate to Valley of Dry Bones in your life in, in any area, I'd love to pray with you this morning. I'd love to speak some life over that situation, speak some life into that situation and, and see it rise up into a, a great army. So um, let's stand. We'll, we'll uh, 
We'll sing a song, thanks, Phil. And, um, and come to the front if you, if you feel you'd like some encouragement because I'd love to encourage you. If you, uh, if, if you can't relate to the Spirit of God being inside you, if you're not connected to God, I don't know everyone here this morning, but if, if you haven't got that connection that I was talking about, that Jesus came to reconnect you to the Father, it says in Romans 10, 9, that, that if you de- declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you'll be saved, you'll be reconnected, you'll be reunited with the Father. And so if that's you, I'd like you to come to the front too. I'd love to pray for you. I'd love to pray with you.
God is good. If, if you'd like to come and stand with Dan, there's still time. He'll, he'll encourage you and bless you. Um, I just wanted to remind us all of the kingdom that we are a part of and how there's no special um, there's no hierarchy in the things of God that he's called us all to portray his kingdom and love and blessing to others. Um, Paul wrote a letter to a church in Corinth and he said, you know what, I encourage you all, I wish you all would speak in tongues but even greater than that, I wish that you would all prophesy. You would all prophesy. And, uh, and I was encouraged listening to Dan this morning, but I wanted you to leave knowing that this is your this is your, your calling, is to prophesy. And not, it's not just a prophet's calling. It's not someone that sits in the office of a prophet. The gifts of God are for all of us, and he's encouraging us all to be people that prophesy. And I wanted to dismantle the myth that prophesy is something out there unattainable for a lot of people. But Dan, Dan hit the nail on the head when he's, he, he describes it in the same way as encouragement and building one another up. That's the same spirit behind prophecy. Jesus came back after he died on the cross and rose again and he came back and he met with his disciples who were just about to be launched out take the message of the gospel to the four corners of the world. And he stood in front of them, and the Bible says that he breathed on them, that breath again. And so it's just interesting, all of the thoughts this morning, all of the, the points are to do with breath and words, spirit and prophecy, all the things that can, are made in your mouth that we have the ability and the mandate to use. So go and use that gift this week prophesy over anything you can see that's a little dry and speak out there encourage somebody but feel encouraged as well that you are empowered to do this stuff it's not just dan and those that might want some prayer this morning it's all of us we're empowered to do this stuff so go and have a blessed week we'll see you next sunday we'll see you thursday night if you can make prayer meeting we have a beautiful prayer and worship service on thursday on thursday night at the olive tree at 6 30 for an hour. Otherwise, hope you can stay warm today, find some sun, meet and greet a few people that you don't know yet, and um, we'll have a great week. And I look forward to hearing what God is doing in your world. Amen. See you next week.